Welcome to Contributor Wednesday on Bridge the Gap Network. In this series, you'll hear from thought leaders on a variety of topics dedicated to inform, educate, and influence the senior living industry. Hello, and welcome to Bridge the Gap Contributor Wednesday. This is Christy Cunningham, and it is once again, dun da da sales and marketing week here at Bridge the Gap. So in case you didn't know, the last week of every month, we talk about all things sales and marketing here at Bridge the Gap. And if you haven't listened to some of the previous shows, I really encourage you to do so. Uh, I'm your host, Christy Cunningham, and I've really loved hearing from all of you. So please keep your comments, your kudos, your challenges, keep it all coming. I love the banter back and forth. This week, I want to challenge us a little bit. Uh, Recently in my career, I had the opportunity to get involved with a startup. And I have been so fascinated by the culture and the thinking, the habits that exist in a startup sort of atmosphere that just get lost in more mature organizations and corporations. And as I've done work with the startup, there are five things that have stood out to me and just jumped out that are core values in a startup culture that I think particularly in senior living and particularly in sales and marketing and particularly in this moment of time that we're in, in a a time of such rapid change and we know that there's more coming over the next 10 years or so or more, that if we were able to siphon some values from our startup friends, I, I am just pondering how that would change the way we do what we do, um, whether it's sales or marketing. So as I'm playing with these thoughts, I said, you know what? I'm going to throw them out into the world. I want to hear what you guys think about these values um, because I am really this is probably the first time in my career that I've truly been in a culture that embraces some of the things I'm going to share with you today. So would love your thoughts and opinions on that. And also the ways that it might apply to sales and marketing that I don't mention in this podcast, because heck, like I said, this is not a fully formed idea yet. So like I said, there are five core values that I'm noticing with my friends on the startup side um, of, of business that I'm really kind of looking at my own life and looking at my own career and saying, gosh, you know, how, how could I embrace these? The first value is built around the idea of failure. In the startup culture, failure is just inevitable. You're going to fail. So the idea is fail fast and like fail like fully, like commit yourself, fail, get up, shake yourself off, do it again, right? There's not this like hang up on avoiding failure or limiting failure that exists in the culture of more established businesses. And when it comes to innovation, when it comes to new ideas, when it comes to even retaining talent, the idea that we're going to try new things or we're going to be sort of experimental and be willing to risk that failure is rare. 
and sometimes when we're in like leadership seminars or when we're at like a, you know, pep rally sales conference, we talk about failure and, you know, our openness to people who are, you know, pushing their limits and trying hard and striving, which failure obviously comes, um, you know, with that, but we, we want to encourage people to do that yet on the flip side, when people fail or when they have missteps, it's really treated as a very taboo thing. And we are sort of discouraging that sort of experimentation, um, the sharing of new ideas and thoughts and really of, of innovation. And there are so many conversations happening in senior living and particularly in sales and marketing where there's a lot of uncertainty. What do our customers want? How do we reach them? How ex what, what exactly is the right methodology? Um, how do we beat our competitors? Uh, are the methods of today's marketing or sales going to be the way that our future customers want us to engage with them and want to be sold to? If we're not thinking in terms of like being willing to risk failure and we just stay where it's safe and where we feel like the path is already paved for us, then I think we're really holding ourselves back from future ideas and from like a future that is brighter than where we are today. And so whether you're on the sales side of the business, you're in the marketing side of the business, the idea of like, what would it look like if we were truly embracing failure as an inevitability um, to some degree, but that we're going to fail fast and in our pursuit of excellence, in our pursuit of innovation, in our pursuit of success, right? So this idea of failure is, is really um, interesting. And even just the fact that I'm using the, that word, the F word, you know, fail, we're, we're talking about it so directly is something that a lot of people are very uncomfortable with. And particularly sales, you know, people, some of the high performers that I've worked with are very uncomfortable with the idea of failure, fear the failure. And yes, that drives us to perform and it might drive us to work harder, longer, faster, you know, et cetera, than the competition, it also holds us back from taking risks and trying new things. So if you're someone that is really afraid of feeling and you tend to play it safe and just work hard, imagine, you know, opportunities that you have to embrace some failure and to almost seek it, go experiment with it. And try to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. Because if you're, if you're not failing, then you're not really truly striving. And you've got further to go. The next core value is, a, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to capture it in a borrowed term. I don't know who said this. Um, but this embracing of the concept that we are building a ship as it is sailing in the middle of the ocean. And there are some organizations that I have felt a little bit of this with where, you know, we didn't wait for everything to be perfect before we started to take action. And faster moving organizations tend to embrace this a little bit more where they're willing to put things in motion 
Um, maybe not when it's a hundred percent perfect set in stone, but maybe it's like 80%, like an 80% rule, 80% there, then we're, we're going for it. Or it's most of the way there, the logic seems to hold up. So we're going to go for it. We're going to start building it while we're testing it, while we're figuring out what's going to work and what, what doesn't. And the real advantage to that is that you cut out a lot of the bureaucracy, So a lot of our senior living organizations, in order to do anything, you know, whether it be to have a, you know, and I I know I'm going to appeal to some community level folks here when I say you want a a marketing flyer for an event that you have, and it's got to go through like four layers of approval and construction and before it's delivered back to you. So you have to think so far in advance and be so well thought out. And there's so much bureaucracy that it really holds you back from being as responsive as some people want to be to what's happening right now in their marketplaces and what's happening right now in their buildings or right now in their lead volume. And I see the argument from the marketing side. So just stand down my marketing folks out there. I get it. Yes, we need people to be strategic and be thinking in advance and we need to make sure that things are on brand and we're not, you know, completely messing up our messaging. Totally got you. On the flip side, though, all that bureaucracy and all that structure also slows us down. And when we're not as responsive to that moment, when we're slowing down, then we are missing opportunities. We are leaving opportunity for our competition to step up and fill a void maybe in our marketplace before we can get to it. Um, also we, we tend in those situations to have an expectation that there's a certain level of perfection. And when we become so accustomed to that, when we become so accustomed that things have to be basically perfectly laid out and perfectly complete before we take any action at all, right? We miss sometimes very critical moments of relevance And I don't care whether it's a marketing message, you know, a social media post, or whether it is a a blog, whether it is an advertisement, whether it's an event in a community, um, a video that has to be sent, uh, who knows what it is. When we put too much structure in place and it has to cross too many desks, it slows us down. Versus in the startup world, where there's this embracing of the fact that, yeah, we are, we're literally building this as we're sailing the ship on the ocean. And therefore, we're going to move quicker. And we're going to be more comfortable with not having everything figured out and flushed out and perfect. And, and know that, yep, it might mean that we have to go back later and fix some things. But we wanted to get sailing. And we're much farther you know, down our path than if we would have still been at the starting line, getting everything perfectly squared away before we ever even leave shore. So that comfort with ambiguity and that idea that we don't need all this bureaucracy to start to take action is kind of healthy and freeing to think that we don't have to have every single answer. Obviously, yeah, you gotta have some sort of a plan, You've, you do have to have the basis of taking the action. But what if we're overthinking things? 
you know, in our, in our days today? What if we've put so much structure in place that our bureaucracies are holding us back from being as successful and relevant and in the moment as what we really could be? So I can't help as I experience this and I get myself immersed in this to wonder like, gosh, if we were willing to embrace that ambiguity just a little bit more, how would that change the workflows? How would that change the resources that go into a very basic project? And how much more quickly could we move and operate? Um, Ultimately, your ability to be comfortable with that ambiguity also, I think, goes hand in hand with the previous value of kind of embracing that failure component where if you're not comfortable risking the failure, then that ambiguity is going to feel completely unmanageable. Um, it's too much to, to think about if there's no room for error, if there's no room for failure, then you're not going to feel safe to build the ship as it sails and move more quickly and less bureaucratically. So I think those two go hand in hand. Um, The third value that I'm finding myself pondering from the startup world is kind of this like bold accepting of what you can control and what you can't, you know, um, especially in the, in, in just the reality that a startup, nothing is guaranteed. Your future is not guaranteed, right? Um, You think you have a great idea, you try to put the right team together or hire the right uh, consultants and you put it out to market and then you're just watching to see what happens. Um, And there's this kind of acceptance of, hey, we're focusing on what we can control in it of, you know, I'm not going to get as caught up in what the competition is doing, for example, or what you know, struggles or frustrations are, there isn't a lot of dwelling on that. It's a lot more focused on what's within our power to control. How do we take action on that? Let's watch and see what happens and then just keep kind of working away at what do we have control over? And in senior living, I think this really resonates with me because, you know, I can't even tell you how many calls I've been on where, you know, the topic of discussion has been, you know, what do you think would happen if X, Y, Z changed in the market? Um, what do you think the competition is doing? Blah, 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 blah. And there's, there's so much emphasis on the speculation and on the things that we can't really control that it takes the time and energy away from the things that we can control. And I think it's, it's an important distinction because when you are focusing on what you can control, you're empowered, you um, can be more creative with, with that. You don't get as distracted by all the other things that just kind of spin your wheels out. And I, I think that's an important value that exists there that I, I frankly am experimenting with in my own life and in my own, my own business. The fourth value, and, and I see this in senior living sales, especially, um, already, which is this, this idea of hustle. You know, when you're a a community level person in a, in a building or even a regional or area person, like their hustle is real there. And in the startup kind of world, it's the same thing. 
It's like you are all hands on deck. It is whatever it takes to accomplish the goal. Everybody is jumping straight into it. There's not a lot of, oh, well, that's not my job, sort of bickering. It's like you just dive in, you get it done. You're willing to work the long hours. You're willing to do whatever it takes because your mission is to try to birth this new company into the world. And in senior living sales, I mean, we know that hustle really well. But in larger organizations in particular, and sometimes in marketing departments, we lose track of that hustle. We organize ourselves out of that hustle. We create systems that help us avoid a hustle. And I think it's at our detriment because we get too caught up in, well, whose job is it to do X, Y, Z, that we spend the time solving that problem as opposed to just doing the task at hand and being willing to put those blood, sweat, and tears into it. And the level of hustle that you know I see in a startup sort of environment is motivating and refreshing and you feel like you're really working for something that you believe in and you know having this hustle inspiring this hustle is something that really top performing senior living organizations regions communities that they are able to tap into that for people and they're able to unleash that but those that are less highly performing um They just don't have that it factor. That hustle isn't there. That dedication isn't there. And it may not be that there's something wrong with the people, but really something that's wrong with the mission, that the purpose. It's like if I am truly driven to make change, to to make an impact in the world, and I believe that by executing my job, I am helping to achieve that, then it's going to be a whole lot easier for me to tap into that hustle. If, however, I'm just there kind of doing my job, I have my list of things to do, and I'm just sort of checking the box, then it's harder for me to access that hustle. So maybe it's more inherent in our culture of work, maybe it's more inherent in our positions than what we'd really like to think. Um, and maybe it's not a people problem. The fact that you know we, are, we don't have a hustler in a certain role, like maybe that's a bigger issue. Um, especially when I see people literally just leaving it all on the field in a startup. And there are people like me, like you, who are going without paychecks, who are doing whatever might be asked of them. And I think, God, that's believing in something. That is truly being 100% committed. And if we could tap into that for our human capital, especially in sales and marketing, holy cow, what would be possible? Especially in combination with some of these other values. The last, the last thing that I see in the startup realm that is really fascinating to me is the way that they leverage what they don't know just as much as what they do know. So unlike a mature business that, gosh, it just seems like we're so dependent on what we think we know, right? Like you walk into... Uh, mature building or a mature company and you have all of this historical data you can pull from, you can try to analyze trends, you can look at you know, opportunities by looking at previous performance, right? And, and maybe comparing to benchmarks from all the people that are out there doing similar things to what you're doing and kind of gauge your performance based on all that. In the startup world, 
you may not have that luxury. You may, you may not have any historical data. You may not have any benchmarks because there's never been anything that looked like you out there, right? Um, and there are a lot of unanswered questions. Just the idea of a startup is that you're testing something. You're testing a business model to see if it works. Does it float? So it's the question of, does this work or what works that is driving the strategy, that drives what kinds of things are we experimenting with from maybe a marketing perspective or from like a sales um, uh, management perspective. It's the questions that get to drive the strategy just as much as it is what we think we quote unquote know. And in senior living today, I think this is really powerful and I hope that I'm conveying this well enough for us to really be internalizing it it's powerful to think about detaching ourselves from what we think we know. Those of us that have been around for any period of time in senior living, it's easy to feel kind of fat and sassy about our bank of knowledge and what we know is tried and true and works. The problem is that with some things, it feels like maybe it's working less and less like it used to. So how long are we going to stay so attached to what we think we know? And at what point is that really holding us back from innovation, from creativity, from being able to get results that nobody else is getting? Right? And I wonder, as I look at startup culture... And the way that they leverage their questions and the things that they don't know and their real overall lack of reliance on what they think that they do know or even historical data, I I wonder, gosh, if we embraced some of that, would that help us propel forward? If, If those of us who think we know everything about senior living were able to kind of close that book, close that chapter, have a new day where we're not taking any of that any of that historical stuff for granted we're saying okay that happened but whole new world whole new day today and we start asking ourselves questions building experiments in our marketing building experiments in our sales process really becoming uh, methodical about our discovery of new things could we do something truly innovative could we see a, a fix to problems that others just don't see? And how can that give us a competitive edge? So about three times um, in my work so far with my friends in my startup world, I've said, gosh, if we could just take a little bit of this and insert it into a more mature company, what would be possible? What would be possible in the senior living industry if we were to find better ways of incorporating these five core values of failing hard and failing fast and embracing that failure, moving quickly enough and with more comfort and ambiguity to build the ship as it sails, so to speak, focusing on what we can control and not getting caught up in the other minutiae bring in the hustle and that deep sense of purpose and drive for a mission that we're trying to accomplish 
in all positions, especially in sales and marketing. And then five, leveraging what we don't know and building strategy and experiments and structure around the unanswered questions, just as much, if not more, than around the things that we think we know or that have been historically true. So I'm, I sit, I've said it about three times with, with, with my friends and it's like, God, I think, that, I think that there would be something really cool here if we could figure out how to do this better. This is a different podcast episode than what I've had in the past. Uh, my other episodes have been a little more baked, we'll say, in the mind than this one. But I wanted to deliver this because I want to invite discussion here. I'm pushing myself in trying to think about our world differently. And I want to excite those of you out there that are trying to do the same thing to really kind of challenge your ways of thinking, to challenge your habits, to challenge the areas that you feel comfortable. And for me, thinking like a startup is such a great way to get those wheels turning. So I hope that me putting this out there to the world um, with you all and inviting you to the discussion and to be experimental and more comfortable with failure and all this stuff that you know I'm talking about here today, that it inspires you to think different and to be different and to maybe change your approach to things. Let me know. Let me know. Maybe this was the, the best podcast I've ever had in your opinion. Maybe it's the worst. Uh, either way, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it and, uh, and let me know if you have anything to add to the discussion. So please make sure you comment, you like, you share a lot of people, private message me or email me, please keep those coming. It's so great to hear from you. Um, and again, this is Christy Cunningham. Uh, this has been another episode of the bridge, the gap contributor Wednesday series. I hope you all have a fantastic September. Take care. Thanks for listening to Contributor Wednesday series on Bridge the Gap Network. For more information about the contributors and for a full library of episodes, visit btgvoice.com.